What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Rita Moreno's life and career are chronicled in the new documentary Rita Moreno, Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It, which hits movie theaters this weekend. I spoke with Moreno briefly on the red carpet at the 2015 Kennedy Center Honors. All these years later, would you have any words of peace between the sharks and the jets? What would, what would, Anita, what would Anita tell them all these years later? I think she'd tell the Jets to get lost, frankly. <laughs> I don't know that she's going to be that yeah. that uh, kind. Yeah. She'd say to the Jets, get lost, get out of here, get, <laughs> off, get off my turf. All right, and here at the Kennedy Center, is life all right in America? Everything is terrific in America. <laughs> but you know, everything, a lot of things are terrific in America. At the moment, we're having our few problems, but uh, we have, I think we have a terrific president who's trying his best best. And a lot of, I mean, everyone throws out West Side Story, but every, a lot of people forget Singing in the Rain, too, and oh, King, King and I, man. King and I, all that, man. Singing in the Rain. What was it like working with Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds? The be- Well, Debbie was just a little, she was like a little player, <laughs> but Gene, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah? It's amazing. So you taught him everything he knows about his dancing, right? He taught me a few things. <laughs> I spoke more about Moreno's legacy with documentary filmmaker Miriam Perez Riera. It's been a full circle for her in so many ways in her career. Um, this documentary was supposed to come out last year, but because of the pandemic, it didn't. And I think it can be a better time with also her um, being on West Side Story, but also we have um, the, the the release of in the Heights, there's so many happening for us Puerto Ricans and for the Latinx community that I think it's perfect for this documentary. How long did you actually get to spend with Rita? You know, if folks see the documentary, they'll obviously, you know, you'll they'll see her being interviewed. But how long did you actually sit down with her for, for interviews? Well, her interviews were three different interviews that happened um, throughout a whole year of following her around. So besides the interview, I followed her in different places, in her house in Berkeley, in the set of One Day at a Time in, in Culver City in, in LA. But also I went with her to Washington and to New York. So I follow her for an entire year and I interview her in three different occasions for four hours each time. So I have... 12 hours of interviews with her plus everything else. Wow. And I, I mean, I really want to get into sort of chronologically through her career in a second, but just real quick, her as a person, you interacting with her, you doing, spending all this time with her. What, what did you learn about her from her personality or, you know, is she as charming in, in person as she is, you know, as seemingly on screen? Yes, she is. She's a, she's very honest. She's very true to herself. So she's, 
very, um, like you see her, she's blonde. She's very nice. She's very charming. And she can also be, um, I don't know, blunt about things that, that maybe can shock some people. Um, she likes to shock <laughs> also, but she's a, an amazing woman. I think her energy, her secret to the energy that she has is she takes a lot of naps and that's what keeps her um, going at almost 90 years old. You said she takes a lot of naps. Is that what you said? <laughs> takes a lot of naps. Yeah, she can be with you talking and all of a sudden she's like, okay, it's time for me to take a nap. She goes and goes for a nap for 20 minutes and then she comes back and she continues talking to you. The, old, the power nap, man. There, it, It's true. It works. If it works for Rita Moreno, maybe we can all learn to take a couple naps here and there. Um, okay, awesome. So um, talk about, um, I want to move through her career a little chronologically a little bit. So, you know, because our, our listeners can keep track of it in their head, you know, as you chronicle it here in the doc. Talk about how she was born in Puerto Rico, um, you know, into, really into poverty on, on a farm. Uh, talk about her, her mom as a seamstress, all that stuff before they immigrated to New York. Yes, just she was born in Puerto Rico, um, in in the in Juncos, Puerto Rico. It's a town in the yes, in the in the countryside. Um, and she, at the age of five, her and her mom emigrated in a boat to the to New York, to the United States. At that point, Puerto Rico was already um, part of the United States. So um, we were able as Puerto Ricans to move to the United States, especially because they needed a lot of um, Puerto Ricans to come to New York to work, to work like her mom in the seamstress, as a seamstress in the, in the factories. So that's why she moved to the United States. She, she, her mom needed a change. She wanted to make more money and, and Puerto Rico was not a place where she where she could um, do what she wanted to do, and so she moved when she was five. She left her little brother and all her family in Puerto Rico and moved only with her mom to New York, and she established in New York. And that's when, at the age of eight, she was already playing, um, dancing, and 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 being part of different. Um, amateur um, recitals um, and dancing in those recitals. And she did that for a while. Um, as a teenager, she continued um, dancing and, and she, she was basically the breadwinner for her family, for her mom and her new husband. And it was in one of those recitals that she was discovered um, by this agent who gave her the opportunity to, to meet, to, to get in a meeting with, um, with one of the great producers at that time in Hollywood. And that's how her career in Hollywood started. Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking me through those early days, you know, performing in, in New York City. But you're right. Once she, go, you know, makes the jump to to Hollywood getting in some of those. I mean, she's in singing in the rain with Gene Kelly. She's in uh, the King and I 
Yul Brenner. I mean, like there's some these are these are some of the, the greatest golden age musicals. And uh, she was there for that. Talk about how I guess two sides of the coin to that, how, yes, she's really honored to be in these classics. But at the same time, she's also getting these. It's sort of like we're going to cast you just because you're going to be any ethnic minority we need. We're going to have you fill those stereotype roles. So talk about how it was a it was a complex time for her. You know, her career's taking off, so she's happy. But at the same time, she's like, you know, wishes she could, you know, not be pigeonholed, you know, as a minority character all the time. Exactly. So she the way she came to 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 work in Hollywood was basically because of her accent. And she was playing any character that had an accent and. Um, her career became like she calls her. She called it. She had the the ethnical accent, um, which was the same accent that she would play even if she was a Latina or a, an Indian or a Polynesian. Whatever she would play, she would play it with that accent, and she fit all those roles of the stereotypical roles and. For a long time, that's all she was doing. And she wasn't happy because she knew she had a lot of talent and she could do more than that, but that's all she was offered until she had the opportunity to work on West Side Story, which was the first time she was able to play a real character, although it was also a stereotypical role, but she played it so well and she was able to really show her her talent. She was able to really show that even if, even though it was a stereotypical role, she played it so well that she won an Oscar with that. That was, that was a big moment in her career. Well, yeah. And talk about not only a big moment just for her career, but for Latinas in general, because it was the first, she was the first Latina actress to win an Oscar, I believe. Right. Yes, correct. As Anita. Yeah. And that Anita, you know, awards aside, I mean, Oscars, whatever, but like, just the pure pop culture impact of that role and singing America and all those great songs. But you mentioned it. It's a stereotypical role in a way, but it, it works because, you know, she came from Puerto Rico. So and when she's singing about that island down there, she, that's her actually singing about it in the movie. But also they get some subversive little lines in there like, you know, life is all right in America if you're all white in America. It's a studio production, but they're sort of still digging at it. They're, they're, they're getting some shots in there, I feel like. Yes, it's also, and and that's why it was important for me to talk about that in the documentary, because it's also the first time that um, Puerto Ricans are seen in the big screen, but we, we're seen in a way that we don't like to be seen that way, because that's only some Puerto Ricans, not all of us, but somehow um, the reason that this movie made was so... Um, huge and won so many awards and it's one of the biggest classic but at the same time it's showing Puerto Ricans um, they're in a misleading way it was very um, hard for Rita as well because she's playing a character that's singing um, Puerto Rico let it sink back in the ocean which is something that she didn't want to sing but she had to Um, and and the way she decided to do it, it was thinking, well, this is not me, it's the character I'm playing, which is Anita, who believes that. And, and, and yeah, it's a documentary, it's a movie that in the documentary we talk about it, but it's a movie that 
has that bittersweet with Puerto Ricans because on one hand, we're shown to the world that we exist, but on the other hand, the way that we are portrayed is not the right way to be portrayed. So we've, we've gone a lot into the build up to West Side Story and then a ton about West Side Story itself, but talk about how sort of the period after that, you know, she's an Oscar winner. You would think, you know, nowadays you win an Oscar, boom, you know, you could probably do whatever you want, but talk about how there were still some struggles after that with, you know, sexism in Hollywood, um, still some racial stereotype casting, you know, the period after that where she has an Oscar to her name, but still fighting against that system. Yes, um, after her Oscar, she was getting the same offer for the same roles, which were those, these roles that weren't um, necessarily roles you wanted to play anymore because it was, again, stereotypical roles of her playing someone with an accent from different places or the Latina that, or the Puerto Rican that she didn't want to play anymore. And so she didn't make a movie for seven years. Uh, she decided to go to work on theater and that's what she did for those seven years. And then um, she started working in TV and that's when she got married, she had a baby, um, her daughter, and she started working on TV. And it was um, because of that, she was in Electric Company, she was also in the Muppet shows, and she was in the Rockford Files. And that's when she won her Grammy and her two Emmys. And in theater, she did, um, she did um, the Ritz and that's when she won her Tony. So that's how she became an egot. Um, thanks to not being, to saying no to playing the same stereotypical roles on movies, she became, she started doing something else and she got all those other projects. I loved how you summed that up because that's that's what's so admirable about her. She could have just stayed and taken those easy, comfortable, you know, done the lazy thing. And after she won the Oscar, taken those more stereotypical roles. But she said, no, I have more self-respect than that. I'm going to take a seven year break and go work in theater, work in TV. I'm going to do other things. And uh, like you said, she's an EGOT because of it. So that just goes to show, you know, other people, if you want to pattern your career, follow Rita Moreno and, and sort of the conviction of, you know, just being true to yourself rather than taking the, the easy way um cool well um i know also the documentary you 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 try to show some some of the some lesser known struggles that she dealt with you know along the along the way of her career like you talk about there was sort of a bit of a toxic relationship with brando in there and some depression too yes yeah, so she she met she met um uh brando uh, marlon brando and she, they dated for eight years and she ended up her relationship with him because she got pregnant and and she had to had a, an abortion um at that moment abortions weren't legal so she had to to do it and she almost died by getting a, an abortion in a in a way that is not safe um and she also tried to commit suicide and that's that's when she decided okay this is it and the the crazy thing is that a month after she tried to commit suicide, that's when she won her Oscar. And so I think that has a lot to do with her speech at her Oscar and 
because she was in a very um, vulnerable position when she won that Oscar. And she was also very insecure at that moment. Um, but I think her Oscar gave her that strength to keep going and to keep believing in herself, I would say. But that relationship um, ended in uh, seven years later, them making a movie that is not a famous movie because it's not a great one, but it was where she found a way to have closure with Marlon Brando in that movie. So that's, that's a really interesting moment in the documentary when we see them together in that movie and the fight that they go through. Well, I know we're up against the clock, but before we run, just talk about how she reinvents herself and she's now known to an entire different generation for, you know, the, the TV series for one day at a time. Like there's, there's a bunch of probably families that watch that show and the parents, you know, the parents know her from West Side Story, but the kids, they just know her from her, the role in that. I know. And a lot of young people love her in that in that show and maybe don't know all her career before that which is an amazing career and that's why i think um they should go and watch this documentary because you can see how she started and what she has gone through she she is someone who's been always trying to find her voice trying to be true to herself and it is now um in her 80s that she finally gets to be who she really is and not trying to be who everyone else wants her to be. So it's an inspiring documentary. And if you know her from one day at a time, you should watch all her career in this documentary because you would be amazed of everything that she has done so much and she has gone through so much. Perfectly said. And we're grateful that you were able to capture it all on film in this documentary. So again, everyone, it's called Rita Moreno, Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It. It hits theaters on June 18th, uh, a week after In the Heights and uh, a couple months before she's in West Side Story. So again, like we said at the beginning, a lot of uh, cool tie-ins. It, it's sort of like the perfect time for this to come out. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.